everyone. Uh, welcome to the Morning Cuffer. I'm joined uh, this week with by Casper. Every time I can't get by him. Um, I'm joined by Casper um, for this episode of the Morning Cuffer, and um, this is hopefully not going to be too stupid, um, but we'll see how it goes. Um, this week, I wanted to get Casper on to talk about um, kind of team motivation and um, basically looking at ways to retain your team. Now, obviously, we're not a transport company. We are a tech company, um, but a lot of the same sort of strategies kind of do go across the um, kind of... Yeah, we will we'll move across industries. Yeah, yeah. So we have, like, like last week's episode, um, which I did with Kai on Safer Driving Winter, go check out the episode now, um, is actually the link will be below. I'm sure it will be. Or why you link to the previous episode? Like just scroll down once and find it. Just trying to help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, communication is really important. Um, no. Um, well, it is, but we'll come to that in a second. <laughs> oh, good lord. Good. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, good luck to Elizabeth or to our list. I think it's Elizabeth. Yeah. I'm hoping to not need to do any edits. Um, so yeah, um, we've got uh, like like last week. We've actually written some notes for this, so we're actually going to follow some structure um, here. Um, so, if you don't want to listen to us writing on for half an hour, um, there'll be a link somewhere in the description for the blog, which this is all based on. So, if you want to go and read this in more detail in your own time, then that's fine. Um, but as I say, that link will be below. That link will be below. Yes. Um, but yeah, so um, we're just going to kind of use the use the topics that, of the blog to kind of. Um, theme our discussion otherwise it might just turn into us rambling around stuff the amount of attempts to start this podcast um well let's say it's got to christmas we could do outtakes we could do we definitely started in one take it was fine yeah it was don't ruin the mystery of podcast recording yeah. here um we sat down very professionally we started yeah the fact that we're still running a podcast with one microphone between two of us in my dining room <laughs> too many secrets <laughs> <laughs> but i mean i don't want to don't want to don't want to break down the, the mystery, but yeah, podcasts are real high tech. Yeah, so um, I guess we'll just start off with um, they we're going to cover. I think we're going to cover five different things that you can do to improve your um, staff. But essentially, we're trying to help you in, in, increase and improve your staff retention. Yeah, um, which. I was kind of thinking this. It's the end of the year, obviously December. Um, I like to do like a, a review of 2022, at least internally. We've lost no staff this year. We've done well this year. Yeah, we've had an entire no no turnover of staff. The, the, the same eight that we've started with, we ended with. Yep. Um, obviously, a few kickstarters that left in the contract. But yep. in terms of our current staff base, we've had no staff, no end of the mission. Which is nice. Is that, is that your first year where that's happened? Um, it's the first year of a full team. <laughs> That's true. Um, so I mean, we've had a couple of people kind of move on to the past few for whatever reason. Yeah. But <clears throat> no, it was just kind of thinking like, actually, as a team, I think we're doing something right to to yeah. maintain 100% staff retention, which is quite nice. Um, I guess the first thing to talk about is communication. Yep. Um, it is super important, according to my notes. <laughs> Very, very well read from the screen. Yes, I can also read. Um, because not only is communication <laughs> generally, it's also good to know why people intend on leaving. Um, that was great grammar. So you can actively work to change their mind or implement changes that satisfies their needs. I, I mean, yeah, I mean. I mean, we're now done reading the notes correctly. <clears throat> but I think it, make, it does make a good point, like, 
the whole thing around you always hear in whatever whether it's relationships whether it's friendships whether it's professionally communication is always going to be important because it's something i've said in the past like if one person knows something no one knows that yeah until it's said out loud and kind of shared with the, the relevant people there's nothing that can come from having that information whether it's in this case whether it's some sort of dissatisfaction or wanting to leave for a reason if you don't speak to your boss or whoever about it then they can't do anything to fix that yeah and similarly guess as the boss i think yeah if you're not if you're not getting that information out of people subtly or otherwise then you can't do anything to change what you're doing to fix it and keep them around better yeah i think there's a couple of things around, around communication it's not just about what you say it's about how you say it but also making sure you're i know at times i come out with a huge amount of stuff out of my face i do a lot of talking my job is communication i mean it's why i like doing a podcast i get to talk i mean uh, we joke about it but about how much you like to talk and hear yourself but you do say some useful things occasionally thank you occasionally thank you. i'll take that kind of, i'll take that that leg there as well um but sometimes you i think you can overshare as well i think you can over communicate um yeah. which can sometimes um drown out the noise can drown out some of the important bits okay um yeah you can miss the important nugget of information if too many things being said yeah I mean, also kind of along that same route, people, if you're talking about something you're not happy with, if you talk about it a lot, it can come across just really whiny. Yeah, there is that as well. Um, but then also, if your boss doesn't listen to your issues, yes. it's it's a hard one because if if you've got unsatisfactory work conditions and your boss just does not give a shit, which obviously none of our listeners are like that, um, I'm hoping, um, I... When I started becoming employer and being responsible for people's um, salaries, their mortgages, their rent, their their living, I, I I pay as a company, as a business owner, I pay eight people's mortgages and rents. I take that incredibly seriously. Um, Which we're happy to get. Yeah, that that's that's like I I didn't just I genuinely care about the well-being of it. Um, it's something that probably at detriment to the company sometimes I've put my team's needs over like, other things um, which again maybe not the best thing for a business owner but I think it's the right moral thing to do and sometimes yeah. you've got to look at it from that that's and I do think that actually that some of that is actually and come back to the point it's communi- communicating quite well that actually you are doing things for the benefit of us sometimes, not just for the benefit of the business. Yeah. There's again the find that balance because for business to work, it still has to be a business, it still has to be making money. Yeah. See. But I think you're quite transparent about that. Yeah. I mean, we've obviously had a, a, a couple of months of, of change over the last few months. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's fair to air the specifics on the podcast. I don't think there's really shit about that. But like, I had to have some difficult conversations with individuals. Um, as a group and it's hard but it's the they i think i've said this on the podcast before it's about being kind or being nice i sometimes less so now i've tried to be nice whereas actually sometimes to be kind to have a difficult conversation to improve standards so i mean as we've been on the podcast a couple of times before i'm sure our listeners know that we are 
charter through Yahoo Friends. Um, no, I'm just, very good aware of that. Yeah, I know. Um, it, like, we've known each other a long time, yeah. but we can have quite difficult conversations Yeah. Um, that are not necessarily antagonistic, but they're not the point of them, but it's sometimes like, if you drop the ball, or if I've dropped the ball, sometimes you need to hear that. Yeah, and that's not, it's not a nice thing to hear, but it's the correct thing to hear, and if you don't give that feedback, and don't communicate that, you're actually letting other people down. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, communication is, um, there's lots of ways that, I mean, I, from from my point of view, um, well, I, I'll be interested to get your feedback on this, actually, let's do this live, I say live on it's pre-recorded, but we'll see how much editing this needs, but in terms of the communication style that I have, in terms of I use pre-recorded looms yep. sometimes um, if I'm not going to be around. But Monday morning meetings, we have an hour meeting to plan the week, but also to share updates yeah. with people. Um, how do you find that cadence? Yeah, I find it really useful. I mean, because obviously you'll be in this meeting and it's not going to be an hour of stuff that is useful to each person individually, but we've talked before, again, not on the podcast, we've spoken about making sure that everyone's pulling in the right direction, and part of that means, at least on a surface level, know what all different parts of the team are doing. So having that, that weekly meeting to kick things off means everyone knows roughly where everyone else is, yeah. and what and roughly what's going to be happening throughout the week. It's not the sort of thing where we're going to get quizzed on it later, like, oh, what's, so, what's person X going to be doing? I can't remember what's on there, but you still you've heard it at least once. Yeah. Everyone knows what's going on, everyone knows what we're trying to achieve for the week. So I think it's a really good way of keeping everyone engaged with what's happening. Yeah. I think as as teams grow, I mean obviously our, our target audience they have ten to fifteen drivers. So um on average, um they probably can't get everyone in the same room at the same time, working shift working, you've got travelers, you've got early shifts, you've got night it's nothing you can do um but i guess i mean i i was away on holiday um a couple of weeks ago and it was the first week of some significant changes in the team true to my fashion booking a holiday when yeah. uh things are going live is always time was impressive yep it's unfortunate but just the way it is um we don't plan work deadlines that far in advance but holidays do get booked in um i spent about three days prior to going away planning what was going to happen the following week and it was what I think it was a five thousand word document that I wrote for, for everyone, and but then I but then I didn't just send the memo for you guys to read, which I mean you guys are all kind of computer literate tech savvy. You you sit at the desk, reading stuff in your job. Yeah. Um, I still recorded it as Loom. Yeah, so really helpful to have yeah. that as well. So for listeners, I know obviously we're saying all these words. Loom is a software that we use. It's there is a free version of it. I'm, I'm guessing I don't get referrals from this. I just think it's a cool product, but. It basically means you can record yourself talking um, and then you send a link to someone. So you're not going to send a massive video file, they can just play it via, via the browser. Yeah, um, the free one it gives you I think, five, five minutes, minutes yeah. which is normally enough to kind of read messages and bits yeah. and pieces. Really Unless you're me, you have to talk. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, 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 it meant that exactly what I wanted to communicate was communicated. Yeah. Um, so for our, our, our listeners, our, our viewers who do this, maybe if you've got teams all over the place, I don't know, does that work? I think so. Kind of a weekly update. I think I think it's something that... Because you can just send it, you can either send the link through email or through WhatsApp or whatever you want to do. Yeah. 
So anyone who's got a smartphone can open it wherever they are, whatever's convenient. Yeah. Um, so it might be a way of sharing. I mean, a lot of the time, it's same old, same old. Every week is sort of the same. But it's important to know kind of where the company's going, like getting your customers, for our point of view, I'm building new products, but for our, customer, for our customers as well, have you won new contracts, have you got new kind of routes you're doing, have you got new vehicles coming on board, when, what the details of the Christmas party, all those things, and we'll talk about socialisation in a little bit, um, but all those things are really, really important. Um, I realise we've talked 10 minutes on communication, so we've over-communicated, probably, communication. Um, so, I mean, I, I guess, I guess one thing, to, one thing to say, we, we tried this and it didn't actually work, but we tried having the um, anonymous ideas channel on yeah. the channel, didn't we? Um, yeah. Which we used a little bit, um, but it was always very directed when we were doing that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I think one of the, actually, the blog that we're referring to when we're speaking is talk about using questionnaires as a way to gather some information because you can do that anonymously. Yeah. It means people, if they're not confident enough or comfortable enough to have those difficult conversations in person, face-to-face, they can type or write something down. If we print it out, because obviously we send an email, it's not anonymous then. But you could then print out and hand it or kind of tuck it into an envelope and just leave it somewhere obvious. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, we use we used JotForm for a lot of things, yeah. which is a form builder. Um, but Google Forms, if you use if you use kind of the Google Suite, Google Forms is free, um, and you don't have to put in your email address, so you can send oh, that okay. link, and it literally will come back with just the answers. So you, yeah. that, that can be anonymous if you feel that. Um, obviously, just if you're an unscrupulous boss, you can say this is an anonymous questionnaire, send it out to everyone, send it to one person. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, we that, that was the reason we set up the uh, the Slack channel with anonymous submissions was meant. People could say things that they would be scared to say. Yeah. Um, but the flip side, it doesn't get used now because everyone's comfortable to say things online. Yeah, we cannot, I think everyone, <laughs> obviously, it's different for me and you because you've known each other so long. Like, I'm happy to tell you things to your face yeah. and hear them to my face as yeah. well. But even with <coughs> all our newer stuff and the kind of being able to kickstart scene, it, I think they're now at a place where they've seen it happen enough that they feel like they can join in for yeah. better terminology on it. And they can, it, no idea is stupid. But I think that's the thing is, so many people are scared to fail or scared to look stupid that it means that if an idea, if you think an idea is rubbish or scary or going to be shut down, chances are you're actually thinking about area. Yeah. From my point of view anyway, like you're thinking outside the box, which is, I'll kind of like typical middle management terms, like outside the box. Blue sky thinking, yeah. uh, what other ones are there? Um, for anyone playing um, bingo at home or whatever, but like, there's a couple words there. <clears throat> um, but again, anonymous surveys, I think, are useful for if someone's unhappy, for giving feedback. Yeah. Um, so next point I want to talk about was um, driver safety. Um, less important for us as a team. I mean, okay, I want to keep you safe, but what's the word that you're going to get RSI from typing too hard? Yeah. I mean... Tip out my chair somehow. Well, I mean, that'd be hilarious to watch you even though you're a chair. <laughs> I just got this image of you kind of, well, I don't know, just listening to music and just kind of <laughs> leaning back and just like just tipping out. <laughs> like, remember at school, six feet on the floor at all times. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> now it's now it's wheelie chairs, so it's much more fun. Yeah. Yeah. So we have, I don't know for a while actually, but kind of like this, this chair jousting and, uh, Growing and stuff. 
I don't think I was ever there with a jousting. Oh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we actually care about health and safety, but just get a bruise up. <laughs> it's just like... Hilarious. We all saw this jousting policy yeah. to add to our list. Oh, God, yeah, okay. That, that, isn't that just like a subheader of the health and safety policy, which is, don't do not do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's one of the... <laughs> it's one of the listed um, activities not to do. At least you're work now. Yeah. Yeah, but obviously with, with truck drivers and stuff, safety is obviously quite, quite important. Um, uh, it's usually for reader notes. Um, <laughs> this, this was probably kind of bad. Or if you want to make us look like idiots, you'll leave it in. We pause while we both try to stop yeah. the thing. Get some tumbleweed, the, the noise of tumbleweed yeah. going there. Um, Wind blowing. So, I mean, I think the point is drivers are humans, human yep. people, and they want to be treated as such. And I think being treated and have, uh, like, having a safe working environment is really important. It shouldn't even be a thing to talk about, to be honest. Yeah, it should be the bare minimum. Yeah. I think even just from a really, from a really um, objective pr- production kind of look at things, Having people feel safe means they will work quicker if they're not worrying about what's going on. Yeah, that's a good point, yeah. Like, so I think, like I said, bare minimum, just people should feel safe in their life generally. Yeah. If your workers feel safe doing what they're doing, they're not worrying about the things that could go wrong and they can just get on with doing the work. Yeah. Um, Obviously, that's a bit more relevant with with drivers, with the kind of people we're speaking to now, because they tend to be working with very, very heavy machinery. Yeah. And any small mistake that you might have in maintaining your vehicle. Could be a real problem. Yeah. So, I mean, excuse the knock on the door. That was just the postman. It is Christmas. We've got lots of deliveries. Um, I'm sure he, he yeah. did say he did say we're going to be outside. That's fine. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, there's lots of things. I mean, there was all, all the all the specific things around kind of what things to make a safer work environment. I think we can just read the blog. I think it's just a witness so you need to discuss it now. But I think it's just important to make sure you, you put compliance and safety as kind of central, one of the central pillars of what you stand for. Yeah. Um, you're not going to run a very successful business if you're always kind of flying by the seat of your pants and these things. Yeah. Um, and like, like I said before, to use some real kind of business jargon, it's a, you get hygiene factors and you get yeah the other one, which I can't remember the term for. Stuff that makes people happy. But hygiene stuff is things that are expected and then noticed when they're not there. Yeah. For example, if someone had bad hygiene, you'd notice they don't have good hygiene. Whereas someone has good hygiene, it's just a person that you're near. Yeah. So I think that come back to the whole thing, like having a safe work environment, having safety kind of procedures in place means that people don't notice there are problems. I guess it, having a safe work environment is not a staff retention strategy, but having a poor safety environment is a is a way of losing staff. Yeah. So it's not it, 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 it's it's kind of a is it a detractor or, or what's the word? It's, it's, yeah. We should do research. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But like some things are like motivate. So some things are demotivators. Some things are motivators. Yeah. Um, safety is not a motivator, but poor safety is a demotivator. There you go. That's the clip you take. That's the bit we'll use. That's the useful version. Yep. And this was definitely not going to edit that. I'm just going to leave all of that in, and that's the that's the the bit that we need. I mean, I think the extra rambling does kind of explain the point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think your hygiene point is like. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't smell at the moment, but you don't notice I don't smell. Exactly. Until um, so you start smelling. Yeah, and then you notice it. And then we'll have that difficult conversation where I have to be kind. Yeah. Tell you that you're sticky. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I'm used to that. I have a four year old daughter. 
I think I put no, it was on last week's podcast. I talked about the fact that I think I sneezed um, one morning. She said, Daddy, Daddy, your sneezing makes my ears hurt. But I heard, <laughs> Daddy, Daddy, your stinging makes my ears hurt. Like, okay. I mean, both of those I think that'll make her ears hurt. <laughs> yeah, no, correct, but being trolled by my four year old. I'm like, come on. Like, she just thinks the sun shines out of my arse at four years old. I should be just like, no, I know. Um, so, yeah, I think safety, as I was saying, is, is a demotivated, you've got poor safety records. Um, I think just people kind of deserve better. Um, next point. Oh, I can see Kai's adding notes as we're talking here. This is very confusing. Um, the next point to talk about, I, I, I think it's actually not in the blog, um, or in this iteration of the blog, but I think one thing is not just safety, but also working conditions generally, yeah. which... It's something that's really hard for for drive for companies to really provide because truck stops are, are, are truck stops. Yeah, the way they are, they can't. They, truck operators can't change it. But giving them giving drivers um, access to um, discounts, essentially yeah. to go into places because obviously they're on the road all the time. Um, giving them um, having decent conditions on site if you've got a yard. Having kind of I've been to some. Customer sites where like it's portal for a toilet, it's like, oh, guys. but yeah, this is this is a permanent site. You can probably do it as an actual plumbing. Yeah, so I think working conditions genuinely is not just about safety. It's a, it's about health as well. Yeah, like it's about just being pleasant to be at work, um, which I think is something that gets talked about a lot online. Yeah, um, I see a lot of drivers on LinkedIn and Facebook complaining about. I think I saw one on LinkedIn uh, this week where one of the big Companies, is that and this like a couple of weeks before Christmas, have said um, they haven't dropped everyone's salaries with immediate effect. Oof. But these companies are they've all got brand new trucks, and they're yeah. all like they get new con- contracts. And it's like if you're a small company, you're quite you're not very resilient to, to kind of fluctuations. Sometimes you'll make different decisions. But a big big company, actually, your workforce is your most important asset. Yeah. Um, you should look after them because they can go elsewhere. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so uh, next point is socialization, which I think is is an underrated one, in my opinion, actually. Yeah. Um, something that I like to think I get right. I mean, sometimes it might be in spite of you, but yeah, we enjoy each other's <laughs> company. By we, I mean everyone else at work. <laughs> sometimes Alan's also there. I mean, if I pick up the bar tab at the end of the night, you don't mind. <laughs> yeah, right about. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we, we, we try and go to the pub every Friday. Yeah. Um, if everyone's in, um, British party. Yeah, that's coming up soon. Quite important. Um, but it, I think you spend quite a lot of your working time in the company, especially in an office. Like we're all together, we see yeah. each other every day. Bob and Kai, we but like, um, but obviously video calls. He, he talks to us probably more than other people. Um, that sounds about right, actually. Um, obviously, a lot of our, our target audience, they their drivers are obviously alone. Um, Most majority of the time, they'll be out driving. Yep. Um, so, I think it's even more important to have social activities if you're if you're a remote working or lone working kind of organisation. Yeah. Driving. For us, like we can have those random five minute breaks where we all laugh around a TikTok or something. Yeah. Um, whereas if you're in the office in, in cab, it's less easy to do that. Um, I think the important thing with this to remember is actually that the social like socialization is 
an important option to give people. It's not a mandatory thing. Yeah. As soon as you make it that everyone who is available has to attend some sort of social event, it's just part of work. It's yeah, it's an interesting point. Because I think if people are forced to go be social with each other, they're not necessarily going to be comfortable. Whereas you give them the option, we're going to go do this thing, who, who wants to come along can come along, then it's a chance for people to actually be around each other outside of a work environment. Yeah. I hope we get the balance there. But then, is that because we all enjoy what we do? As in you and I, like, for example, we've spoken on the podcast before, I don't care coming out of the nerd. Yeah. We play D&D, Dungeons and Dragons. That's great. We don't, we don't dress up at the oh, moment. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we, we, as we, Casper and I, we're good friends, um, and we haven't played like three months, but normally we play every week. Yeah. Um, session today, I'm so excited to get back on it. <laughs> there you go. Um, but we've started D&D of um, campaign with work with all the work guys yeah um, you enjoy it yeah I enjoy it I think everyone else enjoys it I don't where they enjoy it I think they all I think some less so than others yeah I mean, even when I've mentioned kind of we're doing another session work session soonish next time Kai's kind of back for a decent chunk of time and a lot of people kind of have brightened up around the whole thing to another go yeah they don't play super regularly but it's giving people the option if they want to play this thing they can join in and play yeah I guess I don't when you know the group of people you work with, it's easier yeah. to come up with socialization ideas. Yeah. It's like, for example, Christmas party. Um, we're not going to record a podcast on the day of the party or afterwards because I think we're all going to be quite hungover. Um, but actually, that's a really good point. That exact thing is actively encouraging people to go and get drunk is actually really unhelpful. Yeah. Um, Especially with an interview of drivers. There's that, yeah. I mean, I mean, we do have a drugs now, Compolis, you can download if you want to have that. Or, File, um, but it's more well, Cassie, we don't drink. No, <laughs> so in our, in our team, there's two of us who don't drink. Yeah, so you and Elizabeth are the, the specific non drinkers. Yeah. Um, but the rest of us, like, there's a few of us that are a bit more alcoholic than others, yeah. but it's not like we wouldn't all go out kind of to a bar and say to the wee hours, drinking and dancing the tables. Like, that's not the sort of group we are. So we wouldn't, I never organise a Christmas party just like that. Yeah. Um, so it's about kind of knowing your team. And that kind of comes up to the first point, communication. Yeah. It was actually really hard, like, pre-Kickstarters, I worked with you, Elizabeth, who is my sister, yeah. and John, who I knew very well prior to kind of getting started doing all this. Socialisation with those guys, with you guys, is easy. Super simple. Getting the new Kickstarters, Actually, some of them got more close, were more close than yeah, others. We, we knew them professionally before we knew them personally. Yeah. Which is probably opposite for everyone before the Kickstarter. So that's very normal in the workplace. Yeah. Um, and like it took it took a few months before I got like boyfriends and partners' names for people. Yeah. Because people were quite close to it, whereas now I feel that like everyone shares. It's kind of talked fairly yeah. openly about. Like, some people more than others. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't very close. <laughs> um, she just likes talking about her, her social life. Yeah, it's fine. But no, again, I overshare. I share kind of stories about my family on the podcast even further. Why sure. than, than, than the office of mine works out of everyone. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think <clears throat> yeah, communication, getting to know your team is important. And, but also socialisation, going, getting social with them, allowing you to get to know them. Yeah. And again, it makes it easy to have those potentially difficult conversations rather than 
are more comfortable around people. Yeah, that person. it can also become harder because yeah. you start knowing their back liking them. Um, yeah, yeah, and you start then making decisions based on emotion, not on um, kind of color fact, which is something the business. Yeah, and something that I'm getting better at. Um, so um, next point, um, maintenance. Yeah, it's obviously much more industry specific. Yeah. Um, that obviously as hub we are a maintenance management solution. That's one of the functions we have. So you can kind of manage your maintenance process. It helps with like you don't forget dates, things go back on the road. Because the thing is a driver like a lot of drivers like driving. They actually want to be yeah. out driving. If they got downtime we'll do or uh, talking to customers, I know sometimes they get you have to move vehicles. If your vehicle's in for a PMI, you've got to drive a different vehicle. Um some drivers hate that. Yeah. They like their cab, they like their vehicle. Um so being quick turnaround time I think is really important with with it's also great for business, obviously downtime yeah. is good. Um but also um kind of comes back to safety and accountability. If a driver reports a defect, you say that. That'd be nice. <laughs> Excuse me. So like yeah, I mean the the respect you show your drivers by actioning even non mission critical and non safety related defects. Yeah, just li- just because something can be driven around with it being an issue doesn't mean you should. Yeah. Like, get that sort like whenever it's convenient, get that sorted. But it's about like we say we're helping with their thoughts and the defect gets defected every day. Yeah. Like every defect she's got the same defects. It's like you just not give a shit. Yeah. Like, like, why is why is this taking three weeks to sort out? Yeah. Regardless of whether it's safe or not, it's like you, you should respect your drivers. If, it's a, if it makes the vehicle uncomfortable, um, or kind of not not perfect driving condition, driver yeah. is like you know about it. So um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to bag all that thing. So I think it's mostly safety safety stuff that is the yeah. Um, and the last point I kind of want to talk about, which is something kind of close to my heart, um, is professional development and upskilling. Um, something that I care quite a lot about because obviously my background in training and development that's what I care about, but um, is opportunities to develop skills. Yeah. Um, I guess the same similar with the socialization thing. Forcing someone to do this progression stuff is not they don't want to do it is not useful. That if anything would kind of discourage them from staying with you. Giving them the opportunity to progress themselves is is the key there. Yeah. So I mean obviously within driving doing CPC hours is, is kind of a requirement. Yes. Um, toolbox talks are kind of a requirement. Um, and then I think making those things easy to access, like taking a lot of the legwork out of those things for your drivers as much as you can do, I think is another really helpful thing because these are things they do have to do, make that process easier. Yeah. And it's one of the reasons why, like, within, within Hub, we have the training manager. Yeah. Like, I don't really like starting on the platform and the podcast that's on point, but like, CPC hours run out, courses, e-learning courses run out, um, for force, for example, other kind of CPD courses run out. Um, if you can book them onto them before they expire yeah. and make it easy, I think it's really important. That, uh, it's something that I, I've noticed in, in, I mean, obviously you've been talking to training companies for, for TMC recently. Yeah. And actually the process of booking a course, it's, it's a ball ache, man. It's really annoying to do. I, it should be easy. If you're going to make your drivers do that, 
after the, after a long shift at work, having to go and do all the kind of life admin or work life admin. That's just not fair. So they know it's a necessary evil. They can grumble about doing their seven hours or 35 hours. They've got to do it. They know they've got to do it, but it's about making that process as simple as possible. So like, yeah. don't make them go and do it on a Saturday. Yeah, and absolutely. if you do, pay them. Yeah. You have to. Absolutely. And again, like, that's because, again, whether it's in their normal work hours or not, it's still work. It, um, professional. It, it is quite difficult. This is, this is actually something that it's not as clear cut as that. So any other industry, like, for you to, like, if you're going to be the nominated first aider in the office, yes. as an employer, it's my responsibility in, in law, mm-hmm. in the guidance, that I have to pay, supply, and give you time off the door. I have to legally have to do that. Yeah. CBT hours is a personal training that you've got to do to maintain your personal license. Oh. So it's, I think it's one of those things that good bosses and good, good employers just pay for it. Because, like, yeah. well, obviously, you can't do your job without it. But because it is a personal requirement for your license, it doesn't kind of fall into the same okay. things as, say, first aid training yeah. or whatever. Um, it's like if you wanted to develop your product management skills, yeah. I don't have to pay for training. You pass that in your own time. Yeah. It's part of your, your personal, your development, personal yeah. professional development. Now, obviously, I would pay for it, but that's, that's, that's being a good employer, not, not a legal requirement. So, I guess that's what this point is talking about, actually enabling your employees or drivers to progress themselves and improve themselves is going to help help them feel valued help them want to stay here like if yeah if you have the opportunity to make themselves better then why would they want to go somewhere else yeah i think that kind of sums it up in, in, in certain, certain ways we're not want to mention salary no apart from non-big employer dropping salaries but um, we've not mentioned it as a as a as a five retention strategy because actually People want to work with nice people. Yeah. People want to work in a place that means something to them, doing something that they actually care about. And if you look after your staff, you don't need to. It's difficult because obviously we've still got driver shortage, but it's not in the news anymore. But like there was like sign on bonuses for Tesco's, there's massive salaries being offered to go and be a driver. And it's like the only reason they, they, they can offer those is because they know that everything else about the job is shit. The only way they're going to attract someone is by pulling salary. But actually, if you have a decent boss that gives a good time off, flexible working if you need it. I've read a few articles recently. As younger generations are coming up through the workforce, more and more people are wanting a good work-life balance or a nice place to work over necessarily a bigger paycheck. Yeah. They're willing to sacrifice, to a certain degree, being paid that little bit more if they're more comfortable, more happy in their work. Salary is another one that's actually a demotivator, not a motivator. People will say differently. Yeah. People, it, it, it demotivates if you don't, if you don't get paid what you're worth. Yeah. But if I was to offer you a bigger salary, that in its own right is not the motivator. It's, it's the better conditions that go with that. Yeah. With job satisfaction, all that sort of stuff that you already paid for. Like Mary, for example, like when she moves jobs and stuff, it's a real, oh, they're going to pay me more. Okay, that's fine. Actually, it's paying me what my job role my experience is worth. Yeah. It's not motivation, that's what I'm now worth. But then she looks at all the benefits. Yeah. What do I get from this? What 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 am I working like? Her I mean she's had a brief structure at work recently and her her boss's boss, who she now is part of their team, like it's called yeah. she's now sitting down with him every week. He was the plan on the chart. Okay. So like those things in the workplace, they that means a lot. Like you've 
experience and a big wealth of experience to work in a cool job. Yeah. Like she started working for that current company because they're building a really cool looking project. Yeah. That's she was like, oh, I'd rather do that than some boring office. It's what she wants to do. Exactly. And the fact that they just pay her her, her, her worth is a bonus. Yeah. Not the motivator. The motivator was working a cool job for people. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think we've, we've, we've kind of had a roundabout route through this, and we realised it's 37 minutes, not longer than 25 minutes we're trying to, but there we go. It will definitely not be 37 minutes when it's edited down. <laughs> it might be 25 minutes when we edit it down. Let's see how that one goes. So, yeah, I guess just to sum up, you know, the five key points that we spoke about, like communication is important, um, both directions. Um, sometimes you cannot over-communicate, but I think consistent of communication, I think, is important, yeah. um, and using different types of communication, really. Verbal, pre-recorded, as appropriate. As appropriate. Um, Looking at driver safety, making sure they have a safe place to work is the main thing. But talking about the health of company as well, and making sure that actually they're in the right condition to be working. Yeah, and saying, saying safety is a is a demotivator. Poor safety is a demotivator. Yeah, the motivator. Um, talking about socialisation, um, it's a great way to get to know your team um, and uh, break down barriers, um, and it's just a nice place to. Which yeah, I think is a really good way of kind of retaining your staff. You know, we looked at the kind of reducing maintenance time, again, obviously industry specific, but having a way to, like, drivers typically like driving, let's let them drive more. Exactly. And also treat them with respect if they, if they like, log a defect. Um, yeah. So here's an issue, let's get that issue Yeah. Uh, just, just a bit of respect there. Um, and finally, obviously, CPD, upskilling and sort of training and stuff. There's loads of opportunities out there to. To give those opportunities, it doesn't have to all necessarily be the corporate compliance mandatory CPC and toolbox talks. There's so much training out there. And the other thing is that it doesn't have to be courses. Yeah, um, you can run internal workshops. Um, if people really actually care about the environment, for example, you can get a, a, someone to come in and talk about kind of how to run a more kind of sustainable business. Um, if you want to. Give your guys some say digital skills. So they go. Some of them don't know how to use smartphones. Run, teach them. Yeah, you, like you, it doesn't have to be a formal course. You can just sit down with them for yeah. a bit and actually just show them how to use a smartphone. Yeah, which obviously so if, they're having, if they're having issues using some of the apps, they get sit down with them and yes. go through using the apps with them. Yeah, and actually that's another good point. If you whatever software company you work with, whatever tools, ask them for training. We'd give it. Yeah, we, when we will ask for help, we go out and. We'll sit down with drivers, we'll run workshops and actually support them because we want that. We want you yeah. to be using it and get value out of it. And we so, want to retain you as customers. Yeah. So definitely, definitely, definitely go uh, any other suppliers you use, ask them for training programs they have because it's, it's a no brainer. They yeah. they should they should want to give you that training. So yeah, just, um, we need help doing this thing, they're more than happy to do that if it means you will keep buying from them. Yeah, exactly. So that, in, in, in a nutshell, is the five driver retention strategies that we've discussed on this podcast. Look at that. That's almost a professional way to end it. Like We've summed it up and, and, and everything. Just slightly over time. I mean, yeah, we'll see how it goes here. I mean, we set the title again at 25 minutes, and what, well, they weren't accepting it. We didn't start yeah. saying that. So, um, so that's 25-minute podcast. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, I hope you guys found that uh, interesting and useful. Um, as always, you can read the blog which is far easier, quicker to read. <laughs> there is more information on there around the health and safety and stuff. And some kind of we are much more interested in the blog. We're far more interested. Sorry, Kai. I mean, I know you've got a fantastic blog, but I mean, still reading. 
this is past all, mate. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So on that note, we'll sum up. Um, as always, we rely on reviews and um, shares and comments and stuff. So if you like what you hear, please do share it with your uh, your friends, your family, your, your grannies, your, your cleaners, your next neighbours, whatever. Um, because as they this podcast, we put a lot of effort into it. It's good to kind of get it being heard by lots of people. So um, if you do like what you hear, please do share it. Um, other than that, thank you very much, Casper. No problem. Thank you very much, Paul Casper. Casper, thank you very much for coming. Well, seriously, why can't I do proper? Is it propositions? I don't know. I don't know. It's a weird thing where you can't introduce or outroduce people. <laughs> outroduce. Yeah. So this is this is the end of the outroduction. Um, thank you, Casper, for coming on, and I'll see you guys next time on the Morning Cuppa. Boom. Idiot. <laughs> This is going to be that bit of a lot of change. Probably. Probably. There you go. Okay. Bye. Bye.